comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always this is Abe. Hello. Hey, this is out now. <laughs> this is out now with Aaron and Abe. Again. I don't know why I said it twice, but I did. Out now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to our main film of the week, games and other fun stuff. This is episode 88, and in honor of Martin Luther King Day Jr., we are, of course, talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> return to the big screen in a leading role, The Last Stand. It, uh... Very appropriate, yeah. It's the so. best way to honor Mr., you know, Martin Luther King Jr. I was, I was trying to plan this out. I was like, what are we going to talk about on Martin Luther King Eve? And I was like, The Last Stand. That makes perfect sense. Makes so, perfect sense. And uh, joining us to discuss The Last Stand... We have another one of our Kickstarter guests. This is someone who has contributed to friend of the show Liz Manichel's Kickstarter campaign and was rewarded with a guest spot on our show. And, uh, yeah, currently seeking a job as a sheriff in the town of Summerton, we have Martine Jean. Hello, everyone. And we have a writer for the Racked Focus, the man who is perfecting his car foo thanks to owning his own tricked-out Corvette, Maxwell Haddad. Hello, everybody. Pleasure to be here. Car foo, huh? <laughs> foo. Speed racer stock. Yeah. It's not oh. going as well as I'd like. I've broken 18 bones, but <laughs> I'm recovering nicely, and I have purchased a new car. There you go. Uh, your, your insurance has to be through the roof. Well, luckily I have great coverage. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> well, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, the last stand is the plan, but before we get to that rhyme intentional, we're going to have a little few, a few announcements here. Um, actually, a couple things. Our, we had our... our Accolade show, Abe, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And yeah. uh, that was quite fun to do. And um, With uh, a, a first-time guest, long-time listener, Mr. Scooter. And Mr. Scooter joined us for that episode, so yeah, thanks for being there, Scooter. And thank you to all our guests, including Maxwell, who contributed to that show, the, uh, yeah. the awards. And uh, yeah, check that one out, along with our top ten episodes. Those were fun episodes to do. So. Absolutely. Um, other thing, Abe, uh, we're at episode 88. 100th episodes is coming, you know, soon. And, Are you thinking what I'm thinking? FP Miami Connection double feature? That's not bad, but uh, <laughs> I'm, throwing, I'm throwing it out to everybody else as well. Feel free to suggest some ideas for what we should do for our 100th show, besides just review whatever movie comes out that, you know, week. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be the case anyway, but, you know, we, we don't mind doing extra stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, uh, 100th episode coming soon to, uh, you know, iTunes near you. So, we'll see. We'll see what we do for that. Also, new commentaries coming soon. We got a, we got a couple, in the, couple in the bank. A couple in the bank that are, that are on their way. Just point that out there. Uh, yeah, they're they're roasting. Exactly. And uh, okay, so we put up, I put up a question on the uh, the old Facebook page, Facebook Facebook.com/slash/outnowpodcast, and uh, I asked everyone what's their favorite Arnold movies, and we got some uh, we got some answers. So as I said, I'll read them on the show. I'm gonna now read them on the show. And uh, so we had our first entry here. We got from Joe. Uh, he said, "Kindergarten Cop, Jingle All the Way, 
And Predator, he said not necessarily in that order, but since he can't defend himself, once again, I'm just going to say he wants to prefer those movies in that order. In that order, yeah. <laughs> Tim says, Predator, followed closely by Terminator 2, and in the guilty pleasure category, Kindergarten Cop. I wouldn't say that's a guilty pleasure. I think that's a legit good movie. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Izzy has uh, True Lies, Predator, the Running Man, and Raw Deal. Making it a Raw Deal! Someone's referenced Raw Deal for the first time in like five years just then. Five years? More like ten years. Anyhow, uh, Steven uh, has favorite all-time is Predator, followed by a close second to Running Man, and it's last year's winners. No, it's last year's losers. <laughs> Running Man jokes. I like them. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. And uh, Steve's brother, Pat, we he uh, he wrote a might as well might as well ask a parent to tell you who your who their favorite kid is. What but if he had to choose, Total Recall and Predator, he's still pissed that Quato did not get the nineties nineteen ninety Best Supporting Actor nod. And uh, <laughs> fair enough. Quato, what happened to that guy, man? Hit the drugs hard. Well, he he died in the movie, so that's, that's <laughs> what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you supposed to get the award when you die? I mean, that should be mandatory. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, that's uh answer to those questions. So thanks. Thanks, for everyone, to, you know, wrote in on the Facebook page. And, uh, yeah. Let's see. Last thing, iTunes reviews and ratings always happy to get those. Helps out the show. Easy to do. Log into iTunes. Give us a star rating and, you know, maybe write down a sentence. Everyone, everyone wins in that situation. <laughs> Everybody. No one loses. They can't say nobody. Nope, nobody loses. That's loses. true. So, therefore, everybody must win. All right. All right. So let's let's get let's move on now. Let's get to know everybody. Where each week we ask each other a few questions and try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to long pause. Know everybody. So let's start with Abe this week. All right. Cool. All right. So Martine. Yes. More Louis Guzman. A good thing or a great thing? Um, a fan. Fantastic thing. That's the right I, answer. Good answer. Yeah, he's just awesome, and he's just Guzman is just badass and basically everything that he does. <laughs> Did you see the Community um, spinoff with him in it? Yes, yeah. yes, I love him. And even in 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 the Last Stand, I loved him. Um, and I think that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> he's just he's just awesome. He's just awesome from. You know, Carlito's way and uh, and and beyond. He's just a great actor. He's a great character actor, and I love him. True. Cool. Well, I I best um small town sheriff. Best small town sheriff. Yeah. Let's see. The obvious answer is not from First Blood. It's probably <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Right, Denny. Who's <laughs> a great small town sheriff? Friend of the show, Kyle Chandler, Super Eight. Was he the sheriff in that movie? Was he the sheriff or was he a deputy? Hmm. Maxwell, you remember? I, I mean, you, you can go back to westerns if you want to. Hmm. I'm thinking that, too. I'm just trying to think of what my favorite small town sheriff is. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. All right. I'll just go. I'll just go, Andy Griffin. Okay. Yes, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Why? Because, you know, I can't whistle, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
just looked it up. He's a, he's a deputy. Francisco Kyle Chandler is a deputy. That's what I thought. Yeah, I didn't think he was a sheriff. Okay. Because, I mean, <laughs> aliens are... <laughs> you know, no, wait, never mind. I got an answer. I just thought... Uh-uh. Uh, Nathan Fillion in Slither. That's my answer. Ah. <laughs> Boom. Done. And specific. <laughs> Crushed it. Oh, yeah. Good answer. Destroyed that one. All right. <laughs> Maxwell. Yeah? We've seen Arnold as the sheriff of a small town. We've seen Steven Seagal as a cop. Who else do you want to see in one of these kind of roles? Constable Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> no, I don't think I'd like to see that. Um, uh, Michael Keaton, I think, would be great. As like a, as a sheriff? Or? Yeah, as like a sheriff who kicks ass and cracks jokes. I, I think we need a return <laughs> of, of Michael Keaton in a big way. So that would be my answer. There you go. More people should see Mr. Mom. It's a good movie. It, it is, but yeah. it's, a, it's an obscure one to pick from Michael Keane's filmography. But I, like, <laughs> I was going to choose Jack Frost, but, you know. Well, no, we were, we're trying to choose good can't, movies. You can't go wrong with multiplicity, so. You could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, the second or third multiplicit would be bad. The second or third multiplicit would be bad, you're correct. <laughs> you're up, Maxwell. <laughs> Okay, this is um for Abe. Yep. And uh, my question for Abe is, would you bring a knife to a gunfight? Uh, uh, yes, because I've seen the raid, <laughs> and bullets run out, and you're left with knives. So, I would. Right, do but... you have only a knife in this scenario, or, like, you have it, like, with you? I did not well... think that thoroughly about the situation. <laughs> I, I would have it as backup, so yes, there you go. I might have something. I don't know. But to answer your question, it's always good to have something that doesn't require ammunition, per se. Um, I, was, Aaron. I was just watching Eraser with Schwarzenegger uh-huh. while I was reviewing my thoughts on Last Stand, because that's how I roll. That's, uh, and they're, 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 that's a movie. And there's a, <laughs> there's a part where, where, where um, Schwarzenegger, like, he has a, like, a really tiny knife that he hides inside his gun, his like belt buckle. And he, that, I mean, that paid off for him. It helped him out in the situations. There you go. I'd bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Aaron. Yeah. The T-101 has made a new movie. The T-1000 has also made a new movie. What is the name of Kyle Reese's new movie? And does Sarah Connor make a cameo? What is the name of, my, of Kyle Reese's new movie? I thought you were, like, asking me, like, a legit question, because I know he actually did direct a movie this year, so I was like... <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's more of a joke. Yeah, yeah I get it now, but I was just like, it's like, are you quizzing me? <laughs> um, what's Michael Bean's movie? Um, I don't know, The the Abyss 2, Still Down. <laughs> still Down. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Martine. Yeah? What will the Johnny Knoxville spinoff movie be like for The Last Stand? Um... Jackass 10? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just him with all the guys and the guns and just like... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Up to, up to no good. <laughs> it's, well, you know what? I think he may go in the other direction and just be play it completely straight. And just, you know what I mean? He's completely sober, nothing crazy, just a straight up serious, serious leading man role. That'd be crazy. And then he'd get confused with Scoot McNary like all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's like I, it's like a weird I, alternate universe where he plays Raylan Givens and Justified, right, Maxwell? <laughs> I don't think I would like that nearly as much. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Nolan. Yeah. Um, that actually came about from watching the film. Um, and maybe you guys can help me answer it. I want to know why is it that every Mexican kingpin or bad guy in a movie is named Cortez? Because <laughs> they're all from the same bad family tree. That's <laughs> <laughs> It's always Cortez. Well, I just looked it up on Ancestry.com, and I think Aaron's right. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we're not offending some huge Cortez family for real right now, but I just wanted to know. If we are, we just have to remind them we're doing this for free. Right. <laughs> not not a not a. Like, Abe doesn't want to apologize. He just wants to remind people that we're doing it for free. That was his <laughs> that was his logic for that answer. Just that. <laughs> Maxwell, did you have a second question? Or? Yeah. I don't. All right, doesn't matter because after Abe Hor- after Abe has already lost us a couple of listeners, I think we're done with nobody for the week. <laughs> Generations <laughs> of listeners, I'm so sorry. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Let's go down now, quickies. TM. There you, TM. Thank you. So yeah. wait for the pickup on that. Wait for the pickup. Uh, now, quickies. Each week, um, a lot of movies come out. We don't tend to review all of them in full, so we figure we might as well have a little segment dedicated to quickly reviewing some of the movies that might have slipped by our main reviews. Out, no quickies. Do you? I was keeping you on your toes for that one. Abe, do you have any quickies this week? I haven't seen anything beyond uh, Last Stand, no. Okay. Martina, have you seen anything else recently? Uh, not recently, no. Wow. Maxwell? No. This segment's going to be really quick. Uh, <laughs> the only the only, thing, <laughs> the only thing that I've seen recently is Broken City. Well, I saw many things, but I've seen Broken City, the oh. uh, Russell Crowe, Mark Wahlberg, Catherine Zeta-Jones trifecta, and uh, it's it's not good. It's but the weird thing is, and I've talked to several other you know reviewers about this, is that none of us think it's like terrible. It's just not a good movie overall. Like the plot's very tired you know exactly what's going to happen but it has good actors it has friend of the show kyle chandler for example Abe. yeah um, it has a jeffrey wright's in there it has a lot of good things about it it's like well made in terms of directing and production value it just isn't a good movie overall it's a weird one to kind of describe it's very watchable that's the kind of thing that everyone seems to agree on it's a watchable movie just not a very good one hmm Certainly, you can skip it. You don't need to see it. But, like, if it was on TV and it's like, oh, Mark Wahlberg and Russell Crowe in a movie? Sure, why not? Like, it's not a bad thing to watch for, like, 20 minutes. So. <laughs> 20 minutes. I know, it's like the weirdest kind of non-recommendation I could give to a movie. But it was like, the whole time I was like, well, this isn't a bad movie. It's what if you catch, like, the worst 20 minutes and then they're just going to blame you for the rest of their life? They're like, Aaron lied to me. Right. It seems like the quintessential TNT movie. It is. It's like one of. It feels mm. like one of those where it's on at like you know like at eleven, and you're like, well, I'm gonna go to sleep soon. This is on. Can leave it on for a while. Like it's nothing to it. Yeah. Not even worth the DVD on TV on TNT. That city wasn't nearly as broken as I was led to believe. Yeah. <laughs> and um, also, I just watched Goon again last night. Yeah. Mm. Goon with Sean William Scott and Liev Schreiber. That movie is just that. That should be like a sports comedy classic. Like that movie is just so much fun to watch and so enjoyable. I I highly recommend Goon to anybody that has not seen it. It's on Netflix Instant Watch. It's really easy to catch up with. It's it's a good one. Good hockey. Good hockey fun. Yeah. And perfect timing now that the season has finally began. Boom. Yeah. Now that they've finished the uh, the show. Yeah. Very Canadian. Very Canadian of a movie too. Meaning everyone's you know generally nice, even though they beat up each other. 
<laughs> They're all well-intentioned. They, they say I'm sorry at the end of it. They do. They say, they, he he always apologize. That's does, yeah. <laughs> Let's get to a movie trailer talk, where each week we talk about some of the newest movie trailers and, you know, what we thought of them and when they're coming out and what have you. We um, got a couple here, a couple action movies. Makes sense to me. That's why I chose them. And uh, the first one we have is Snitch. This is the new film starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And uh, basically, it's like his son. Is it his son? Yeah, his yeah. son. Son is kind of caught doing some no good things. And uh, the, the idea is that the son could get out if he kind of rats on these people, but he doesn't want to do it. So The Rock, The Rock, he's like, you know what? I'll do it. And he like gets involved in some criminal activities and with the intention of ratting people out and just, you know, revealing to the, the law enforcement what's going on in order to, you know, plea bargain his son away from serving jail time. And, you know, explosions and stuff exude. That, that's how it works when you when you snitch on people. <laughs> I would I should know. And uh, but anyway, Maxwell, what did you think of the trailer for Snitch? Um, I thought the trailer was fine. Um for someone who I think should be like the biggest and best action star on the planet right now. The Rock hasn't really actually been in that many action movies, especially ones where he takes the lead role. So I'm always excited to see him do that, but the trailer itself looks fairly run-of-the-mill, and one could easily probably mistake it for Faster, which also starred The Rock. It seems to have a similar color palette and tone. So I'll definitely see it, but I'm not enthusiastic about it. Martine? Um, I, I mean, I agree uh, with what Max just said. Um, I, I do also wonder whether the, you know, the, the scenario presented in the, in the film is even plausible. Um, if the person who's been arrested and who's facing charges is not willing to rat out other people, his dad going <laughs> undercover and, you know, ratting people is not going to work. In real well, life. Let's let's pump the brakes here a little bit. It's based on a true story. <laughs> is that right? Is it? Oh, it is. Yeah, it's they, they said that in the in the trailer, and I was like, really? Because I had the same qualms that you did, Martine. But but then I would assume that then the son changed his mind and decided to you know talk to his dad and get a list of people and then go to the DA and say, oh yeah, here's a list. Because just the dad going to the DA, I don't see that working in real life. But perhaps I'm wrong. <laughs> perhaps I'm wrong. Abe, your thoughts? Uh, I, I feel as though it's a very cliche movie trailer. Stop defending of... it. What are you doing over here? No, I'm not. I was just, that's a, it, was a, it was an aside joke. <laughs> it's a very cliche movie trailer. I feel as though they revealed a lot in the in the trailer that basically, why do you have to watch it anymore? Right, right. I I have a, like, it, it, I think it could only get, it could get better if, like, The Rock was, like, a former cop and then his family gets killed just like every other, like, 90s action movie and then, He's got to go seek revenge, but yeah, I'm not super excited about it. It reminds me a lot of that one movie, uh, A Man Apart, with uh, oh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And I uh, believe isn't uh, Timothy Oliphant in that one too? He is in that movie. Is he in this one? He's not in this one. No, he's in A Man Apart. Man the Apart. Raylan Givens since. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, he is. He is in A Man Apart, yeah. So As Hollywood Jack. Right. <laughs> um. As far as my thoughts on the Snitch trailer goes, um, yeah, I basically agree with your guys' sentiments. It doesn't look especially great, but it, it could be fun. And I like it has like it has a 
has a pretty good list of actors I like in it. It has a uh, it has a uh, Michael Kenneth Michael Kelly Williams um, from from The Wire. From The Wire. Uh, Benjamin yeah. Bratt. Oh, yeah. Benjamin Bratt. Barry Pepper. Sorry, Broken Cities. Barry Barry Pepper. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and John Bernthal, who was on The Walking Dead, and what who I thought was the best actor on that show until he's no longer on there because he's probably doing oh. movies now. So and like Susan Sarandon's apparently in the movie too. It has a lot of people like I like in it, and but I mean that's similar to something like Broken City, which I just talked about, which also had a lot of people I like in it, but Jesus, this wasn't much of a movie. That said, this is you know it's a rock action movie. I like seeing those. I like I like to see more of those. But given that The Rock has, what, like five movies coming out this year, most of them actually are action movies, no less, I would probably put this on the, the the lower part of that list of movies I'm looking forward to seeing starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson rather than higher up on that list. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see, because Snitch comes out in on February 22nd, 2013. I don't know why I said the year, but I did, so there you go. <laughs> I got so used to saying it after we were like talking about trailers during November and December, like all the time. Exactly. I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's to remind everyone that it's only just January of a new year. But you mean they, they didn't put out the, the trailer for a rock movie a year in advance because of that that exciting February release date. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, so we'll see on that one. The next trailer we're going to talk about, which just very recently debuted, is the trailer for Red Two. This is the sequel to Red One. Long pause. I don't. Yep. There's, there's like one there. <laughs> Remember, it was called Red One. Everyone's like, "Whoa, why you call that? That's weird." Red One. Red One. But uh, this is, of course, the uh, the 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 sequel to the film that originally starred Bruce Willis, John Malkovich, Helen Mirren, and and Morgan. Did Morgan Freeman die in the first Red? I don't know. I never saw it. Maxwell, do you remember? I believe so. Yeah. He died. I tried to remember. It's like, why is Morgan Freeman not in this movie? I don't. Spoiler alert. If I were to bet on my recollection, I would bet that, yes, he does die. Right, well. mm. Now, now was, was Anthony Hopkins in the first one, too? No, he wasn't. It was like, oh, okay. yeah. But anyway, this is, yeah, this is the sequel to, to Red. It has Bruce Willis once again, John Malkovich, Mary Louise Parker, who is adorable to me. Her brown eyes. Um, Catherine Jones. Whoa, swoon. Um, Anthony Hopkins and Helen Mirren returns. I think. What's his name? Storm Shadow is in this movie too. Is that am I right? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Storm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Storm GI G. Joe Storm Shadow, who I yeah. who I just watched last night in the Good, the Bad, and the Weird, but we'll get to that later on. Um, yes. But yeah, this is read to more Bruce Willis and John Malkovich being old and making jokes and being hitmen and getting going and explosions happening and things like that. <laughs> Maxwell, do you remember the? Did you like the first Red? And are you looking forward to this sequel? Um, I enjoyed the first Red for the most part. Um, I thought it was a fairly enjoyable movie. I had some issues with its treatment of women characters, but it at the same time addressed those issues, so it didn't completely turn me off. But uh, it was a, a, a well-done action comedy, and the sequel, with some of the issues I found with the first one, probably out of the way, looks like it could be enjoyable. John Malkovich looks like a real hoot. I hope that's a pull quote on the poster. John Malkovich is a real hoot. <laughs> ben Lyons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Martine, what do you think of that? Have you seen the first Red? I have not seen the first one, no. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I kind of enjoyed the trailer. I mean, it, it had a lot of action in it, and um, it just, there seems to be a trend with, I, 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 I don't want to say old, um, older uh, uh, actors who used to do a lot of action films like Bruce Willis and Arnold and all that, and there seems to be a trend 
in their films now, they're kind of making fun of themselves, um, which I think is pretty funny because the trailer opens with, with him pushing a cart and there's a box of Paladin prominently, <laughs> prominently displayed right on the top there. Um, and I thought that was really funny. And, and so, I mean, it, it looked like it would be enjoyable. And then, you know, Catherine Zeta Jones in anything, Morgan Freeman in anything, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a great cast. It's a great cast. Mm. So I, I, I'd watch it. It, I haven't seen the original Red. This one does look very enjoyable. Uh, so it makes me wonder if I should watch the original Red because it seems as though Helen Mirren isn't on their side. I don't know. I, I I'm confused now. So <laughs> I've got to go back. You should just watch the first Red. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, Anthony Hopkins looking like Anthony Hopkins has like one scene in that trailer. He just, like a, he just smiles, and I'm like, what is happening? He's wearing a nice. He looks very dapper. And he looks like he's gonna kill you and then eat your heart while you're dying. So we'll see what, he does, see what he does that anyway, though. That's like one of his things. That's what. It was like, yeah, that Tony always eating hearts. That's what I yeah. to say. They put it all before, huh? Um, I've seen the first red. I like it okay. I'm kind of. It's hard for me to express much favor for red because red is based off a comic, which is very different from what the movie is, and so it always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Same with like Wanted. Wanted was very different from what the original source material was, and I was kind of. It's, it was, it was, it's like too hard for me to kind of separate the two, even though I should be, it should be easy for me to. But that said, Red, it's enjoyable. Like, I can see why people liked it. Like, it certainly made enough money. It's making, it has a sequel. Um, this one looks like more of the same from that first one, and I could probably be more forgiving to it just because I'm used to this idea now, and it's kind of, it's beyond where the comic has gone, so whatever. But I mean, I like this cast quite a bit too, and, uh, and I, we should note, it's from director Dean Pariseau, who did Galaxy Quest, and uh, that <laughs> that is a really fun and clever movie, and I'd like to think that... Never give up, never surrender. Exactly. And I, I, That's an understatement. Galaxy Quest is a masterpiece. It's a really... It's my favorite Star Trek movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite... First time Jigger to defend himself. Nowhere. <laughs> but, um... No, I really like Alex Glass, and I like to think that he has, you know, he brings some of that fun into this movie as well, along with the the original writers of Red are back, who also, you know, went on to write Battleship, and we all love Battleship so much, so surely they'll bring that, that same spice and energy to Red, too. <clears throat> but um, regardless, kidding aside, I do like this cast quite a bit. John Malkovich was the best part of the first movie, so he's back, I'm back, I'll see it. Red 2, August 2nd, this summer. Uh, so, yeah. All right, <clears throat> let's um, let's move into let's let's get into it. Let's do our main film review for The Last Stand. Boom, 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 boom. I'm not gonna let that guy come through our town without a fight. How are we gonna go up against all that firepower? I got an idea. My little Nazi killer. You have more ammo? Oh, oh, oh. You never know. How are you, Sheriff? Old. Alright, so that should have been some of the trailer for The Last Stand. This is the new Arnold Schwarzenegger film directed by South Korean filmmaker Kim Ji Woon making his American film debut, and the film stars Arnold as a sheriff in the small town known as Somerton in Arizona, which is kind of a border town, which comes into play as, meanwhile, in Las Vegas, there's a 
high profile, or I guess a secret transfer of a drug cartel kingpin guy who, uh, you know, he breaks out and he gets into a big fast Corvette and he's speeding towards the border. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is the FBI agent who's trying to, you know, get him back into his control, but, you know, he's, he's speeding along the Corvette. Meanwhile, in Somerton, Arnold notices some nefarious individuals lurking around the town and things escalate, resulting in the cartel guy speeding towards Summerton with the other guys that are, the other bad guys already in Summerton setting up for his, you know, crossing into Mexico. So Arnold's like, no, I'm going to stop this and I'm going to <laughs> make my last stand with the other cops and we're going to stop the bad guys. That's so, well, that sounds like McBain. <laughs> I only do McBain impressions. I can't do Arnold. Ah, okay. I never try Arnold. I don't know what you thought you were hearing, but that wasn't Arnold. It was McVeigh. It's Rainier Wolfcastle. Anyway, lots of lots of shooting and Johnny Knoxville and funny hats and Sue. Maxwell, Dad, what did you think of the Last Stand? Uh, on the whole, I actually had a really enjoyable time with the Last Stand, um, and I think most of the credit has to go to the inventiveness of the great Korean director Kim Ji Woon. He's a really talented guy. Um, who knows how to create good energy. He knows how to shoot action scenes with fluidity, and so you can actually see what's going on and have a sense of space and geography. Um, and I think he instills a nice tone and pace. Um, on the other hand, I think the script itself is really, really bad. Um, nothing we haven't seen before. Anything when we're not with Arnold and his band of merry deputies whether they're supposed to be deputies or he makes them deputies in the time of need is dreadful forrest whitaker is thankless um but it all comes back to kim ji-woon and in terms of foreign filmmakers making their american debuts i'm sure i'm not the first one to say this but it definitely reminds me of uh john woo back in the day with his uh, van damme movie although i think this is better than that was agreed so yeah fun time arnold is is arnold Cool. Hasn't lost it just yet. Martine, your thoughts? Well, I, I kind of enjoyed it as well for what it was supposed to be, which is an action movie. So if you're a fan of a lot of things blowing up, uh, like high body count and a lot of guns and gunshots and all of that, then, you know, it's, it's your kind of movie. And, and, and those are the movies that Arnold does best, and those are the ones he's done quite a few of. Um, in, in his movie career. Um, I agree that the director had some really, really awesome shots. I mean, there was a shot where uh, Arnold was just, he just leaped onto a, a roof and jumped on this guy. And as they were both falling to the ground, he shot a bullet through the guy's, uh, forehead. I thought that was a really, really awesome shot. Um, but then, you know, I wasn't sure whether it was supposed to be a serious movie or, or a comedy. Um, the, the, because there were a lot of comedic elements to it as well. And I think the highlight of the film for me, uh, believe it or not, uh, it, it really was the, the, the senior citizens of the movie. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> they just had some great lines. They were hilarious and they just seemed completely out of place in the middle of all of this craziness that's happening around them. Um, and, and that was the best part of the film for me. I was surprised to see Forrest in the film. I think Forrest was surprised to see himself in the film. <laughs> I think that, 
I mean, I, I really think at times Forrest was just like, what, am, what, what is happening in this movie and what am I doing in this movie? He's just, he's one of those truly brilliant actors and, and he seemed to be completely serious in this film where everyone else around him was just, they were all joking and they were all in on the joke except him. That's the feeling that I got um, from, from his performance. And, but he's just such, one of those amazing, amazing actors, one of my favorite um, actors of all time. Um, so, I mean, all in all for what it is, an action film with a lot of stuff blowing up, if that's what you're looking for, then yeah, that's, that's your film. I'll, uh, I'll go next, and um, I agree that Forrest Whitaker, he is kind of the weakest element in this film. It's not his fault, it's just the movie. Right. It's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a movie about amazing writing, and certainly his scenes don't do, it's it's more of just his him acting like this inept guy who's like, can't believe that this guy would go towards Somerton and not somewhere else, and just him disapproving of everything, and it's just a boring role for, for someone like, at least it's Forrest Whitaker, not someone that's, you know, less compelling of a screen presence watching to do this this badly written role. But with that said, you mentioned the old people in this film and, you know, kind of their humorous aspect into it, including a Harry Dean Stanton cameo, which I'm always welcome to. But, um, <laughs> the, um, what, what that provides, I think is, a, it, it, it's, that got me caring about the town because even though like, they're not like, you know, people, they're not like fully fleshed out characters, I think, but they're, they're people in this town. And I think what the movie does well, along with, you know, just having cool action stuff is it makes it, it raises the stakes well and high enough for me to like care about Arnold defending his town, defending the, the people that are in his town, even though like most people are gone, but like it could have easily just been, you know, nonstop action with no real stakes at all. And which, you know, would have been probably just as fun, but the movie is like an extra 15 minutes longer than it needs to be just because it took its time to kind of set up what's going on in the film. And I appreciate that. Now that's of course not my favorite aspect of this film. My favorite aspect is the action sequences. And I think Kim Ji-woon does a really good job of providing some inventive action sequences. Martin, you mentioned one already, and there's a lot of cool car stunts going on in this film as well, including a sequence that takes place in a, a cornfield late in the game that I, I thought was really clever just because I haven't seen something like that before. And there's just a lot of little bits and pieces like that all over the the film, especially in its third act, which is just, you know, this explosive finale. That's just a lot of fun to watch. And that's what I wanted out of this movie. And even in the goofy setup getting there, which has its moments of kind of melodrama, the the, the female officer and the drunk who used to be her boyfriend, all this nonsense. It's just, it's silly stuff, but it feels like an Arnold movie. It feels like other, other Arnold movies also had kind of silly setups to get to the big explosive finale. Commando comes to mind easily in regards to that. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, Arnold's Arnold. He's, so much better here than he was in the last two Expendable movies, which he's just the worst thing about them. But here, So I was really worried, actually, that this movie would just be him not knowing how to act anymore. And while Arnold's not a great actor, he knows how to... He, he brought back that screen presence that I enjoy from him in general, so I was happy to see that in this movie. He has his goofy one-liners, which are always entertaining, and he has his action moments that are also entertaining. So I had a lot of, I had a lot of fun with this movie, more than I was expecting to. Abe? Yeah, absolutely. I actually had a lot of fun with this movie, too, more than I was expecting. Just, you stole the words right out of my mouth. And I feel as though, like, I didn't feel as though it was totally uneven. I felt as though it, it was a movie that knew what it was. Uh, unlike Gangster Squad, um, it was just an action comedy movie where, you know, the stakes are there, yes, and everything is conveniently set up in the beginning. The town is away in a football game because the school is, like, comprised of a bunch of teenagers with no parents apparently um, <laughs> and you know there's like a shiny red you know chevy uh there parked there and these bad guys that are there and you know, unbeknownst to me there's even a character that's like 
oh, you know what? I want to go somewhere else and pursue bigger dreams. <laughs> and I totally did not see his, his, you know, future coming. And I was like, damn it. I should have known because he's the guy that was like, I'm going to buy a boat. It's called the Live Forever. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like uh, just like Friday Night Lights, he was canceled. <laughs> yeah. That, that was sad. That was sad. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, I, I empathize because I was like, he's a, he's a lovable goofball. And uh, yeah, you know, there, yeah. there are funny elements in this movie all throughout. Um, and the, again, the action sequence, like what you guys had said, well done. Um, the driving, well done. Um, I think that there are only two complaints I had with the driving, which is he's driving a sports car at like 120 miles per hour average. His gasoline must be like zero by the time he gets to like the border of Nevada. Hey, hey the car was that good. And <laughs> the second time is like when he's like doing the cool flip thing, like in the FBI car, like yeah. rolls on top of his. I was like, dude, the car is like probably all carbon fiber. His Corvette would have been smashed. Hey, but anyway. hey, the car was souped up so he could drive that <laughs> distance and be impervious to anything. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> it was the, the the zero one. It was the zero one. It wasn't. Right. The, it wasn't the zero zero. That's I think the... that that was. I think that that was a uh, Taco from the league, yeah. who was the FBI agent. That was like, it's a zero one. It's not Taco, but I. I it's I, not I, Taco. It's just not. I wish it was Taco. Okay. Right. You're like, why does that guy look familiar? It looks like a mix of Taco and Martin Starr. That's what I kept thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who's this guy? But uh, yeah, I, yeah. No, let's talk. Can we talk about Peter Stormare's accent in this movie? Yeah, I, I couldn't. <laughs> what is he? Like, I wasn't sure either. Peter Stormare, who's like, you know, he's constantly like he's a, a great character he's actor, a great character, constantly playing some kind of villain. His, I don't like. I think we all know him well enough to know that he has like he his accent is not that. And so like listening to him <laughs> speak whatever the hell he was trying to speak in was just perplexing to me. I was like, what? What are you yeah. going for? Like he's supposed to be country, but he's clearly I don't know. I don't understand what he was doing. At some points, it was like back to like his his like old Russian character actors like in Armageddon, and it was just like right. I don't understand. So, but it, it, you know, it wasn't just him. Eduardo Noriega's accent too. The, he was like he struggling was to, to like started. deliver lines. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, he was Mexican, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just the accent threw me off. I just wasn't sure. It, it completely took. So he wasn't the only one with an accent problem. Yeah. In the film. It was weird. Well, at least Peter Stormer, like, I hear him speak a lot. Like, I know what he sounds like. You know what he sounds like, yeah. Even in, like, That's Fargo, where he's, like, a man of few words, it's like, I know what he's, it's just weird listening to Peter I totally forgot about that. Yeah, he doesn't really say much in, in Fargo. But, um, I, the, um, Cortez, I, he, I, that actor, he's in the, uh, The Devil's Backbone. The, um, the Guillermo del Toro film, and I really like that guy, and I was like, that's neat to see him in this movie. He's not very, he's not particularly great in this movie at all, right. really, but, yeah. you know, he's like, it's not bad. You, no, he's not, he's just annoying, which is what his character's supposed to be, but. Yeah. I felt as though, like, when they first showed him, this would be, like, a great movie for us to do a commentary on, Aaron, because I was like, oh, look, there's Pau Gasol. I was like, oh, that's excellent. Pau Gasol. Yeah, the basketball. <laughs> when they first show him, that's what you thought you about Pau Gasol. No, I was like, oh, wow. This, like, they made him look like Pau Gasol. I guess they're really trying to win over the L.A. audience. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I, I, uh, another thing that bothered me about the film is that I, I thought the female characters were really, really weak in that film. You mean, you mean Genesis Rodriguez and, <laughs> yeah. as, as kidnapped FBI agent? She was really oh, good. Uh, no. The Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> it was just awful. And then the, the bartender girl. 
She just wanted to get milk and she was worried about Harry Dean Stanton. I think um, Jamie Alexander did decent work in this movie for what she's given. I mean, but even her, she she had this love interest who was behind bars. And, yeah. And, I mean, come on. What's funny about her is that she's in Thor and it felt, it felt like she was both protecting the town in Thor and this town were like the same movie. Did you get a feeling that it was, like, the same exact set? That's what, exactly what I just said. Yes, I feel like it was the same, like, they were in the same town. Yeah. Like, they were just... It's like, they did, like, the first aerial shot, and I was like, that looks exactly like the town in Thor. Like, she's on, like, Asgard duty and, like, watching over she's this town. On <laughs> That's why she didn't die in that hell of bullets. This is, yeah. this is her job. <laughs> but, you know, getting into, like, some of the character actors and that, I, I thought that it was, like, a pretty good mix. I, I was kind of... I remember when we first reviewed the trailer, I wasn't so big on uh, Johnny Knoxville, but surprisingly, he doesn't do that much, and he doesn't do a huge like amount of damage, and he's actually a funny guy. He's not, he's not in this yeah. movie very much at all. Like for being you know second build on the poster, it really you know you thought you're going to be like the Johnny Knoxville Arnold Schwarzenegger show, and it's really not. He just he doesn't he like gets introduced early on, then you don't see him again for another like hour. Right. right. And I, I thought I, he was pretty funny, actually. I did. Well. I like Knoxville in general. He make he generally makes me laugh. So I mean, I was happy to see him in this movie. I I am glad that he was in it for the amount of time he was as in it as, sure. as opposed to being more because then it could have got grating, I guess, given his character. But. Do you think he was just playing himself? No, not necessarily. Okay. I, I I don't think I've seen enough of Johnny Knoxville acting in movies and not being in Jackass to really make that kind of assessment necessarily. <laughs> but at the same time, I think. I think he knows how to play a comedic role, and I, I felt he accomplished that in this film. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Wait, oh. What did you guys think of Guzman? Guzman, I love Guzman. I love Guzman. I love the Goose. Yeah. He, he was awesome. he was funny. He brought some uh, <laughs> he brought some weird elements to the movie. Um, I he made a certain choice after something happens. I'm like, that's your next plan. But I was like, besides that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's an interesting plan, too, and I guess you're going with it, but at the same time, go Guzman. <laughs> I love his little run. Like, you see, you've you yeah. seen it before in, like, a, what's the one with, like, a bunch of drug cartels? I, forget. Hey. I know what you're talking about, yeah. He has a yeah, kind of like, run that's his, his little cool little gate. <laughs> but, what'd you guys, yeah. What'd you guys think of, Max, what'd you think of Arnold in this film? Um, you know, after... The Expendables 2, I was a little worried because he felt stiff and awkward and uncomfortable to me. But, you know, that movie, he was surrounded by a lot of other really big personalities. And what I liked about his character and his performance, if you can call it that, uh, in The Last Stand, is that he wasn't afraid to portray a character who's clearly older. Um, so I thought it was, you know, he still was able to crack his one-liners and display a certain amount of physicality, but he brought this sort of world-weary look about it that was reflective on both the character he's supposed to be playing and, you know, what Arnold has been through and his, the way his career has evolved. So I thought I thought he was pretty good, and I, he definitely still has it in him to, to, to keep shooting those shotguns. I don't know if he can do the, the, the fist fights uh, so much anymore, but... Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree, and that's something that, yeah, the film made, it did make it clear, it made, it made clear that Arnold is older, and the movie knows that, and I think the film plays to 
his strengths here, where I feel like he does have the kind of charisma that's necessary for this type of role, but it also wisely has like people like Rodrigo Santoro and even Knoxville and like as you know people doing some of the more action stuff that would otherwise be done by Arnold, but he just can't do it as, you know, efficiently anymore. So you have him just sitting in the back of a school bus shooting a gun off as opposed to running all over town with two pistols in his hand or anything like that. So it, I, I, I had fun with Arnold in this movie. And I do think that, like, as much as I don't think Arnold's, like, the, ever going to be the greatest actor, I do think he... He knows he knows what he's doing, and he's proved that here to me again, as opposed to the Expendables films, where he did feel like he's just coming off of not doing it for a long time. Because like he 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 has a he has a certain comedic timing that I think is underrated. I think he knows how to sell certain kind, regardless of if they're one liners, but just kind of reactions he gives off in general, and even in the like the dramatic stuff where he's like you know he's seeing this some kid die in his arms, and it's like oh that's kind of sad, and you see it in Arnold's face. Like he he does yeah he does stuff he does he he has a little. He knows how to be restrained yeah, at times. It's effective enough. But, but which Arnold is better? The, the Arnold in The Last Stand or the Arnold in Kindergarten Cop? The, can, mm. the Kindergarten Cop Arnold is better than people give credit to. There is, people just watch Kindergarten Cop again and realize that he's doing some good work in that movie. <laughs> Telling those kids to get out because it's a fire and they're making out. It's like, what the heck? Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh, did you guys like the uh, the amount of graphic action and graphic gore in this movie? I was happy that this was a an unadulterated R-rated film without being you know too of over the top, save for maybe a flare gun shot or two. But the um, that was awesome. <laughs> the I, I I do I did like that. You know, it's not it wasn't a PG thirteen all bullets no blood. It was there was there was squibs and there was digital blood. But I mean, it's it's there and it you know it, mm-hmm. it gave it gave a certain weight to the violence, even though it was you know. Not necessarily realistic, but grounded in a level of reality. I mean, there's there's right. a lot of practical stunts going on here, and you know, you you see people die because of them. Like it's it's it was fun. It was I I, yeah. I appreciated the R R ratedness of the film. There 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 was one scene that like, there's a guy who got shot, or or he just got blown to pieces, and then his body parts were all over the place, <laughs> and it just looked fake. I don't know if you remember that. I I, oh, I, yeah. I can't remember which character was on the ground and then it, like one arm came falling yeah. on top of his head yeah, and i was just like there. really yeah I, I find that most graphic violence tends to look fake because i personally have no idea what that would actually look like right like, yeah. i've never <laughs> seen a body explode in front of me so right. for all i know it could be dead on and i just have no point of reference <laughs> but i'm all for i'm all for gore and violence in action movies i think a lot of action movies as of late, have been sanitized because the fact is PG-13 tends to make more money. But, you know, not that violence has to be there, but it can certainly, especially when played right, like I think a lot of the violence in this movie was almost like darkly comic. Like I was laughing at how absurd it was, you know, added. Because that's, you know, that's kind of what, what Kim Ji-woon does. Um, sure. Would yeah. added this extra level of enjoyment to it. Like you can watch The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, which I think shares a lot in common with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's clear that he's going for that sort of violence as dark comedy motif that's not always there. Yeah, for sure. The, the, like the whole town shootout, the last stand sequence, it, um, it does feel like all the pieces have been set up early on and you just have all these different payoffs and it does feel like a, it feel, it, 
there's certainly it certainly has like a A to B to C route in terms of how the action is staged, but it, it yeah. you you feel like you're you've gotten to see this town and you know what things can happen. And then just so you see the delivery of those various things, it has a kind of level of humor to it because you're like, Oh, okay. This led to this, to this. And it's like, Oh, that's fun. I get that action. Yay. Like it's yeah. like you have that reaction to a number of the different action scenes based on the fact that the film does adequately set things up. And I think that, yeah, that does come yeah. from Kim Ji Woon's kind of his skill as a director. And that kind of goes back to my point, which is like, it's a movie that knows what it is. It's just an action movie. It sets things up very quickly and it just moves right into things. It doesn't really need to be like, oh, and then there's like a double cross or, oh, and this bad guy, maybe there's more to this. It's actually just like, no, he's a bad guy. He's on the run. It's uh, as simple as that. You don't have to think about uh, you don't have to think about it too much. And just sit back and enjoy the action. So, yeah, it's not I was surprised by how how much I was laughing and uh, cringing at the same not cringing in a bad way, but just like, ooh, that looks like it got to hurt. <laughs> and what's nice is like a. Uh, Maxwell, you mentioned that this is you're happy this is an R-rated film as opposed to like a PG-13, like so many other have. And like within the next few weeks, we have this movie, we have Parker with Statham, we have Bullet to the Head with Stallone, and then Die, uh, Die Hard, A Good Day to Die Hard, and all of those are rated R. And it's like this nice like that hasn't happened in a long time. You haven't seen all these kind these action guys in separate action movies all coming out within like weeks of each other since I, the early '90s or something. Yeah, yeah, I can't help but feel the success of the Expendables movies has a lot to do with that yeah um because they're both rated r they both did fairly well and they featured all these guys so i think it it showed that there's still an audience for these even though that was proven not necessarily to be the case this time (laughs) all right right. and and it seems to be a trend really that's that's what i was saying with the red 2 trailer it just seems to be a trend with these aging action stars and they're making fun of themselves but they still got it you know so yeah yeah Cool. So I think we, uh, we've adequately talked about The Last Stand, the huge box office success that it was this weekend. And let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's get to our rating for the film now. Each week we went out now, Aaron and Abe, we try to rate films based on when you should go and see them. And we have a scale for that that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, Maxwell, where would you put The Last Stand? Gosh, uh, my heart and my head are debating here, but I would have to ultimately say dollar theater. Okay. Our team? Actually, that's what I was going to say, too. I think it's a film that you don't want to pay full price for it, but because of the action uh, and the graphics, you have to see it in a theater, so dollar theater. Abe? Yeah, I'd say dollar theater, too, and that's primarily because I think that it's enjoyable with an audience more so than just, like, you know, a couple of friends. Like, huge audiences... They'll laugh along with you. I agree. I was at, even at my press screening, there was a lot of hooting and hollering in the audience, so I was really fond of that. And, uh, so, yeah. yeah, I would say dollar. I think it was the first time we've had a unanimous agreement on a movie in, like, weeks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, dollar theaters all around, guys. <laughs> 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 Two dollars. We all just virtually high-fived each other. It was awesome. <laughs> Happy Days game play. The dollar anything. theater really exists anymore. It, there's, but... there's a few by my place. There's a few uh, over in uh, Texas. I mean, not literally a dollar, I guess. They are like three dollars. It's like two bucks, yeah, two, three bucks. Yeah. Where, I, where I live, you're lucky to find a theater that costs less than ten bucks. We don't all live in giant skyscrapers in New York, Maxwell. We can't. <laughs> excuse me for living where I live. Jesus. Yeah, Aaron. <laughs> all right, let's get to our movie callback. Callback, callback. 
this is where we discuss a few films that relate in some way to the main feature of the week that we might have thought of during or afterwards, and uh, just keep going how we've been going. Maxwell, did any movies come to mind? Um, well, like I was talking about a little before, uh, first thing that came to mind is The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Um, same director, similar tone. Um, I was also reminded of Tremors, which I uh, have put on my pile of things to watch recently because it's kind of that same sense of a sm- uh, members of a small town unwillingly having to come together to defend their town. Um, and then lots of, you know, classic westerns like Rio Bravo or High Noon. Cool. Martin, any uh, movies? Uh, definitely westerns. Um, Dirty Harry comes to mind. Uh, I just like that one scene where they're on a bridge and it's the bridge that connects Mexico and the United States. <laughs> it's in <laughs> the most they, narrow part. <laughs> it, and it's just awesome because all of a sudden the town sheriff appears on the bridge and then you can hear the Western music playing in the background and they're like, oh my God, this is epic. So it, it, it definitely reminded me of, of old Westerns. Um, and I, I appreciated that. It was with a wink and a nod, but I, I, I appreciated that, that part of it. Abe? Uh, like what Max brought up, it reminded me of some of the John Woo's, uh, films. And so Facebook, uh, Face Off came to mind. Um, and, uh, Thor, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, I, I didn't get so much the Western vibe, but I definitely see like a lot of like these, you know, obscure like 90s 80s action movies where these action heroes are doing more than they should normally be humanly able to do yeah i uh, I thought of commando and eraser just like kind of the not the top tier arnold films but you know the mid-tier arnold films and this just sat right in there with them i I could easily watch this again and that kind of level and you know yeah good the bad and the weird came up and i watched that again last night just because i was dying to after watching the last dance i haven't watched it in a while and uh that movie's a lot of fun. That movie's also on Netflix. Watch instantly. It's on streaming. Yeah, yeah that movie. That's that's just a fun. That's a fun, fun, very very inventive action movie. And um, Assault on Precinct Thirteen came to mind. Oh yeah, good call. Yeah, that I thought was, about that too. That that one, and you know, kind of, John Carpenter in general, he's done a lot with just kind of making modern westerns or even sci-fi westerns in terms of kind of his style of direction. And this movie had a had that kind of western feel to it for in terms of its simplicity. All right, so let's get to box office results. Um, this is uh, where we go over the box office totals for the week, and we generally find out if our previous predictions were right, but we didn't really make any predictions for The Last Stand. We're, we're, we're starting to get back into the, the, the swing of things with movie schedules and all, given all the Oscar films and bonus episodes we've been doing that have kind of screwed up our general take on box office. But uh, The Last Stand did not do well at all at the box office this week, and it came in in eighth place with $6.3 million. Yikes. Probably, like, maybe seven and a half by the time by the end of Martin Luther King Day, Jr. Day tomorrow. But, um, yeah, not many people wanted to check out Arnold in his newest start. It's, like, the lowest, like, ever for, like, an, an Arnold leading man action movie, I think. But, uh... Quite a shame, too, because it's, it's a lot more fun than I think people would expect. I do think the trailers aren't that good for the movies. That didn't, didn't really help, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Mama came in first place with, like, almost $30 million. Um, Zero Dark Thirty, second place, meaning Jessica Chastain has decided to say, dominate the box office this weekend, please, and she did it. Um, then, yeah, uh-huh. broken, yeah, <laughs> broken city, fourth place, nine million, whatever. Bangster Squad, people still decide to see it anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's about yeah, nothing really too relevatory there. Last stand deserves more. 
Yeah, I think so. But it'll get clobbered, especially because you have, like, Parker next week. You have just more action movies coming out, so it's not really going to do anything. Hopefully, Arnold will do better on his next chance, I guess. Yeah. All right, so moving on. What do we... Oh, wait. What's oh, Aaron, I, I think it's time for uh, something that we're not really used to, but we're getting used to it again. Games. Oh, Last Dandy. That I thought, thought so, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so I got a new game this week, guys. All right. I made a game, and you almost tipped the hat too far in advance because, hey, remember when we started this, we did the William Fickner game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're not, Part of the show, William Fickner. William Fickner. We're not doing that game, but he is a character actor, and because The Last Stand features another character actor, I've created the Louis Guzman game. Oh, no. <laughs> No, this is great, but I, I've got to brush up my memory really quickly. You did stop looking up things because that's I, just. I'm good. not. I'm looking at my. I'm looking at my mail. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we got the Louis Guzman game, guys, and this game basically, I have like I think like ten entries here. I've written down the type of the, the the role that he's playing in a specific film, Louis Guzman, of course, and you have to name the film that I'm referring to. Cool. Oh. Cool. Wow. All right. <laughs> First one, first couple might be easy just so you can get, to get the hang of the Louis Guzman game. And as you get more and more questions right, you get progressively sweatier and smaller, just like Louis Guzman. <laughs> just like right? Louis Guzman. <laughs> so here we go. Here's the first one. In this Louis Guzman film, he plays a DEA agent trying to help his partner catch some bad guys in San Diego. The, it is tra- who yelled that, Abe? I did. Okay. That's what I was trying to refer to earlier. <laughs> Good job. Where he's running before he gets blown up. Thank you. First, like you didn't need to add that at all, but you did. So there you go. <laughs> spoiling, <laughs> spoiling movies. Just completing the thoughts, buddy. <laughs> it is. I, I want. I'm gonna watch that again before side effects, just because I want to get my Soderberg on. Soderberg. <laughs> all right. Here's the next one. In this film, Louis Guzman plays an owner of a nightclub with ties to the film industry. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Maxwell yeah. answered first. You are on the board. Mm. Here we go. Second one. Or third one. In this film, Louis Guzman plays the second in command at an L.A.-based plunger company. Ah. Punch Drunk Love. It is Punch Drunk Love. That is correct. Oh, wow. Crushing nice. it. Two for two yeah, on Maxwell. Gosh. Here we go. Next one. In this film, Louis Guzman plays the head chef at a restaurant. Uh, I should know this. Waiting! I think Maxwell said it first. Did he say it? I did say it first. Yep, it is. Maxwell called it. I did not realize I was such a Louis Guzman expert. Right? (laughs) (laughs) That's how much you know. (laughs) I really hate waiting, by the way. I don't need to say that, but I did. You hate it? Yes. I think it was that bad. I thought it was, like, bad, but not that bad. Well, you know I'm not a big fan of Ryan Reynolds, so that didn't help. There's little to like about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, here we go. Lou Guzman plays an escaped convict who really loves magic. Mm. Uh, year, please? 1998. Out of sight. It, it is out of sight. Oh! You are seriously good at this. <laughs> the year is like, got it. <laughs> here we go. Out of Sight is my favorite movie of 1998. Spot, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. That's very specific. It, it, 
would also I tell you? it's also it'd be my, that and like Big Lebowski would tie for me for ninety eight, which are both like tied for me in terms of favorite films of all time as well. So <laughs> on that list, okay, Louis Guzman in this film plays a personal bodyguard and friend to a new newly released ex con. Mm. You mentioned this film earlier. I feel like I should know this movie. Martine mentioned this film earlier. Uh-oh. I said Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way is the answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not paying attention. <laughs> Here we go. Next one. In this film, Louis Guzman plays one of the members of a group of irate people. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? One of the members in a group of irate people. Uh, Why are they irate? I want to say rat race. They're well. They can't control how irate they are, which is why they're in this group. Hmm. Oh, anger management. Anger management is the answer. All oh. right. It's a close game. All right. Okay. Thanks for explaining. That helps. In this film, Lou Guzman plays one of the hijackers aboard a subway train. Taking a Pelham one two three. That is correct. Got two more. And these next two are worth six each, so. In this film, Louis Guzman plays a man helping a father get his vengeance. Uncertain. Connected to another film that we've already mentioned in terms of director. Mm. Idea. (laughs) Any other hints? 1999, to narrow it down. Some would say Neil before Zod to the character that's the lead of this film. The actor that's the lead of this film. Maxwell, do you know it or just not saying it? Probably. (laughs) Fine, go ahead, Maxwell. It's the line. (laughs) Last one. Worth 12 points. <laughs> In this film, Lou Guzman plays a man saved by Third Eye Blind. Uh, yes, man. It is yes, man. <laughs> oh no! Of course, yes! I tricked I, I tricked Abe into thinking that he would win this game, only to get him to answer the question. Uh, of course, he's wrong. <laughs> The answer was yes, man, but but, yeah. but he still lost this game because but, uh, Maxwell dominated the Louis Guzman game. Very nice, Maxwell. With a strong tie for second place from both Abe and Martin. Oh, yeah. Each of them, Martin, had like four. I got nothing. <laughs> you got two. Maxwell is the king. The Louis Guzman game. Yeah. <laughs> Officially retiring the Louis Guzman game. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You can't really play it more than once. That's it. <laughs> I can. It just gets really hard. But um, all right. Out. That's that was games. That was games. And now we're moving on to out. Now presents what's out now. Um, these are you know some films that are coming out this week and on uh, Blu-ray DVD. 
And we have End of Watch. Have you guys seen End of Watch? Yes. Yeah. Okay. My, yes. Yeah. Martine, did you read Fantasy? Nope, I haven't seen it. That is a it is a good movie. Hey, really? It, it was one of the for me it was one of the biggest surprises of the year. I did not expect to like that movie nearly as much as I did. I was just surprised by how uh, they weren't Christian cops, and I was like, "Whoa, this is a different really, really great performance." Yeah, Joe and all and Michael Pena really good in that movie. Good rapport, yeah. And uh, okay, what else is out? Searching for Sugar Man. That's the documentary of last year that I've seen so far. I still have to see How to Survive a Plague, apparently. But uh, mm. um, the Paperboy comes out. That that's not a not a, not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good movie at all. The Lee Daniels film with uh, Nicole Kidman and John Cusack and Zach Efron and uh, Efron. Zach Efron. Is he from Australia? Zach Efron. Zach Efron. Zach Efron. And mm. uh, Matt, Matt McConaughey in the one performance that he wasn't great in <laughs> last year. Oh. You know, I, I give Lee Daniels credit for pushing the envelope. I. He, he seems he always does with Precious and. And now this, I think he pushes the envelope. I, I give him credit for that. I, I, it's a nice try, I guess, but like, it's I a really, it's a really trashy movie. And if I want to see a trashy movie with Matthew McConaughey, I'll just watch Killer Joe again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, because I just I don't know if that was supposed to be a zing or if it, it's just truth. Right. <laughs> it Killer Joe is purposely <laughs> trashy. It is. If it's into both, yeah. But uh, <laughs> lastly, because I just I. I, I, for a good time, call comes out, and that movie's terrible. I'm sorry, that movie's awful. I remember that. Yeah, that you really hated that movie. I did because it's yeah. awful. It is a bad, bad movie. <laughs> Avoid. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but uh, all right. So yeah, let's let's get to next week. Next week, um, well, I know we still we Abe and I still want to record a show on Zero Dark Thirty, and uh, so that's gonna happen sooner or later. So hopefully that'll be the next episode you hear. But until that time, we are going to try to predict what the box office will be for Hansel and Gressel Witch Hunters. And um, so, yeah, Maxwell, you got a prediction, do you think? What do you think this movie's going to do next weekend? Say somewhere around the $14 million range. That's fair enough. Let me type that in. 14. Martin? I'd say about 20. You think the kids will go for it? I think so. Well, not the kids. It does, it does look kid-friendly, even though the original story is a kid's story. So I don't, I don't know. Abe? Uh, I think I'm going to stick around Maxwell's, and I'll say uh, I'll say $16 million. Okay. I'm going to go lower. I think people are just going to be like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm gonna say nine. I'm gonna give it a whopping nine million. Okay. Wow. Is, okay. Is it is it rated R or PG thirteen? It's rated R. Because I'm seeing different information. Oh, yeah, it's rated R. It has like an R red band trailer and everything. Like it's it's R. That's like a mistake. Well, yeah. Well, some people would say that about Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and they'd be right because <laughs> it didn't make that much money. <laughs> so <there> you go. <laughs> I believe I talked about that before, but everything about that movie was a mistake. <laughs> it's based uh, on a true story, right? No, I'm just kidding. It is. <laughs> that's, that's why. That's why there's so many haters of Spielberg's Lincoln. Um, there were not enough supernatural creatures. Yeah, just there are there are plenty of beards, not enough vampires. That's I think that was 
I think Ben Lyons said that. that was, too. Yeah, that, that was, was another, like those that was another classic Ben Lyons poll. <laughs> it all goes down, comes down to that. But uh, anyway, that's going <laughs> to – all this rambling means that that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now I've Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeke.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. And you can also find me on uh, Twitter at twitter.com slash aaronsps3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Martine? Um, my work is on the Melange Media website, which is T-H-E-M-E-L-A-N-G-E media.com. I'm also on Twitter at Melange Media. Cool. I will uh, throw, a, throw a link to your page in the show notes for the episode. And uh, Maxwell, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you could find all my work at theractfocus.com and find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash maxlhad. Great, and you can also find the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, all of them located there, as well as at hhwlod.com, all the episodes there, and other shows on that fine podcast network that's happy to host our show. Outnow.podomatic.com, you can find most of the newest episodes and some exclusives there. Abe, the YouTube page? YouTube.com slash Outnowpodcast, which is where you can go and find out just the main reviews for the movies. If you don't want to listen to the games and the other stuff, uh, you can just go there and uh, should be up there about 20, 30 minutes each. Cool. Out now podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email in your favorite Ar- Arnold movies. And if you were one of the few people that saw the last down this weekend, what did you think of it? I'd like to know what are your favorite, you know, m- macho action stars from yesteryear coming back that you're looking forward to seeing again. Cool things that you can ask us. We'll be happy to read them on the show. Also, Facebook.com slash OutNowPodcast and Twitter.com slash OutNow underscore podcast. You can follow and like those pages there, and you can get all the updates and all the latest news and what have you about the upcoming episodes of the podcast. And, uh, yeah, easy way to help support the show. That's going to do it this week. Thank you, guys, both uh, Martine and Maxwell, for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Sure. A distinct and unique and special pleasure each and every time. For sure. And actually, Maxwell, <laughs> you did write an article about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and his films in general, and I'll be happy to I'll put that in the show notes, too. That, I like that. That was a good read. So. Very much appreciated. For sure. And, uh, yeah, until next time, so long. And goodbye. <laughs>
You got a beautiful Southwest tan. I used to yeah. be a cop in LA, but I moved to Arizona. So it's a continuation of yeah, kindergarten cop. 